welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Uh, today, I'd like to talk about the notion of self-defense. Yeah. And we don't always talk about current events and political topics, but... But sometimes um, we do. I thought this would be interesting given what transpired with the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of been like a nationwide discussion point. It's already died down a little bit. It's like, th- I guess, two or three weeks out now from the decision. Since we have international listeners who mm-hmm. might not know, you want to fill them in? Yeah, and uh, I do want to avoid like getting too much in the details of the case. Yes. Right. Uh, I did not, I purposely did not follow it super closely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are some just kind of more philosophical ideas, I guess, about self-defense. That's what we want to talk that about. That came up that we are going to talk about. Yeah. But just so you know, the the, the case at hand, um, you may have heard the name Jacob Blake. Uh, he is a black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that was shot by police. Um, there was a skerfuffle outside of his car. He's fighting with them. They tell him to stop, walks around the front of the car, goes to grab something in the door. I believe it is. It was a knife. You fact check me on that. Um, and then as he's grabbing it, they shot him a bunch mm-hmm. of times. He, d- he lived paralyzed from the waist down, but we didn't know that at the time. Yep. If he would survive later that evening, riots all across Kenosha. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're burning down businesses. This is in the heat of the <clears throat> Black Lives Matter, yep. uh, police brutality, and so they're rioting or protesting uh, about the, mm, I guess, racial injustice racism, yeah. of, of the police. Yep. Okay, so say what you will about all that. Here's what happened. Um, Kyle, along with many others, uh, he happens to be white. That's helpful. Mm-hmm goes out to um he he asked i think a business owner of this tire store i think it was uh if he needs help defending his property and the guy said yes uh so he brought his ar-15 um and he was 17 at the time that this took place uh and he wanted his primary goal was to help defend that business but also provide aid medical like just kind of surface level medical aid to anyone who is injured or in the whole process. Yep. So he was apparently helping both uh, protesters and those like trying to stop the protests. In any case, uh, there comes a time when Kyle is attacked. Uh, One guy, I think this is where I, I didn't follow the case super closely, but here's the gist. Like some guy was trying to hit him with fists Another guy attacked him with skateboard, uh, and those are the two that he shot and killed. And then I think a third one was shot and wounded. He that guy had a gun, and like I, mm. I don't, I'm not sure what happened. But in any case, the the whole trial was about did Kyle act justly mm-hmm. in self defense? Yep. Okay. Yep. Now. W- is that enough of a... Yeah, that, that gives us the picture. Okay. We want to talk about... Yeah. Now we want to extrapolate what principles can we... And the reason that I kind of wanted to bring it to the podcast was the prosecution yeah. on behalf of the state or maybe the uh, victims' families. families. Yeah. I don't think we're allowed to call them victims 
now. No, but, right. Um, <clears throat> said this interesting part, this interesting statement in the the courtroom. He said, "You can't claim self-defense for a situation that you created." Yeah. So that's what kind of got me thinking, like, "Oh, that's is that true?" So I wanted to bring that here and yeah. run that by you. It's I. That's, so so yeah. so, and they mean uh, Kyle went there. He brought an AR-15, uh, and that I guess spooked people. Thought people thought he was going to use it to attack, and so they attacked him. Self-fulfilling. Yeah, like bringing it was instigating, and yes. then once you get attacked to fire, it's no longer an act of self-defense. Mm-hmm. It's like you've baited them into attacking yep. or something. Yeah. I, what was the exact phrasing for a situation you created? I, I'm paraphrasing. Oh, okay. I, I think that's about right, but yeah. Okay. Well, you can't claim self-defense for a situation that you created. So here's like maybe a a parody example like um let's say i punch you yeah you know and or i'm at, let's say i'm at speedway later and i punch a guy there and then he's like what and he feels he's attacked so he goes to punch me and then i shoot him i'm being attacked I mean, now wait a minute <laughs> well you this is classic exactly this is classic goes back to like brothers fighting and going to their parents for a dispute mm. he started it it's yeah. like oh well then I have no sympathy for you. That's how it went in my family. You know, mm-hmm. if I was annoying Brad and he eventually turned around and punched me, maybe sometimes he'd get in trouble. But usually, if it was found out that I was instigating, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. So, is there a couple of ways we could run with this? One, maybe it's helpful to say this at the beginning. Um, it's a pretty commonly endorsed exception to the rule of like use of violence and force. Normally, we don't like you to do it. Yeah. Uh, but in a case where you are being threatened, your livelihood or your life or your property even, yeah. uh, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but at least let's just focus maybe on your, your body, person. Your life, yeah. Um, you can use what you need to to stop Necessary that Necessary force, yeah. And that may involve killing. Mm-hmm. So it's a... I don't think many people disagree no. fundamentally with... That you should just be completely passive and not defend yourself. There are people out there who say they won't do it. Yeah. Like I've met, I I know people who at least claim that if their house was broken into and someone, a violent intruder came in, they would not respond with violence, but would instead try to talk to them and introduce them to Jesus or something. I've heard that too and I just wonder... What does that mean? What, well, what it, has, it has to depend really on the situation. Really walk me through it. Yeah, it has to be something like, you've got no kids in the house and it looks like a young guy's broken in and he's just sort of taken your MacBook and it, yeah, and he's shaking and it's like, okay, mate, come on. What do you need? You're in trouble? You need some help? I can get you help. Yeah. But if, man, if, if, if someone like me comes if in. If you come into my house unannounced <laughs> and march into my up. kid's bedroom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all bets are off. So just different story. And I have to imagine it would be true of these people that if mm-hmm. if violence was actually taking place for the ones <laughs> they love... If you were to die tonight, where would you go? <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you... <laughs> You're an adulterer at heart. <laughs> you have to cut to the chase quick <laughs> yeah. in this gospel presentation yeah, yeah. before you all get murdered. Um, yeah, interesting. So over here, you guys have uh, in America castle doctrine, right? Is there just some states that have this? So like, I think so. It And what? how much do you know about it? It's, I don't. Not much. Okay. I want to avoid the oh. legal stuff if possible. But forget I brought it up. No, no, you can. Just talk oh. about whatever you want to talk about. No, no. 
<laughs> um, well, what, where were you going with it? Was I just wanted to know about it and what it is. That is it, if someone's on, here's my understanding of it. If someone's on your property and you tell them to leave mm. and you warn them that you will shoot if they don't and they don't, you can shoot them. You've got to warn them. You've got to say, mate, I will shoot you. And they don't move. Five seconds go by, bang. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the law. That's how that. I thought it went. I think. I think that like be... you just have a right to defend your property. What else could it mean for it to be your property? Or are you or are you supposed to call the cops and have trespassers removed? Now, in some situations, there's no time to call the cops. Right. This dude's got a gun. I got to defend my castle. So. Right. Right. But maybe it is situation dependent. Okay, we can avoid the, the legal stuff then. But what's uh, there's a couple of things to talk about. One <laughs> is. So despite it being very uh, widely endorsed that this is morally permissible, mm. it is a little bit tricky to say why. Like, could you, just shooting from the hip, how would you defend? What, what are the moral mechanics going on with just it's generic self-defense? It's got to be something like, we think humans have a right to life and that nobody has the right to take my life but i get in a situation of self-defense it's something like when you attack someone you forfeit your right to life or when you threaten somebody else's life we've all agreed that you've given up your claim see that's interesting i mean that sounds nice like when you said that that i don't seems know if to it resolve nice. the problem but i'm just that I'm just has wondering to be what's something i can there. do like even the to give up your right to life. I don't know if that's something I can do. I have um, like it's an uh, it's an inalienable right. At least as the Declaration of Independence calls it, endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights: life, yeah, liberty, yeah. pursuit of happiness. But a right to life isn't an obligation to life. Like, like, um, having a right to something doesn't mean you exercise that right. Uh, yeah, I agree. Do you know what I'm saying? So in terms of what I mean by you forfeiting it is you recognize like I carry an inalienable right to life, but I'm choosing not to exercise that right. And uh, I'm entering into a kind of engagement with somebody where I know that I might die. Um, I did not say that very well. Well, to me, like I'm struggling because I... I do, um, I get what you're saying if we were talking about the right to liberty. Mm. So, I mean, I, I have a right to freely choose, I guess, what to do without harming others, just as yes. a baseline. And, yeah. um, but I don't have to act on it in any particular way. Like, yeah. I could go to Speedway, I could go to Panera, I could go to McDonald's. I don't have to use it in that moment moment in any particular way life seems like a different one oh isn't it in a way i am forced to participate in it like i'm alive right but you can opt out you you don't um is it that sounds like suicide or or voluntarily putting yourself in a situation where you know you're likely to die because someone responds in self-defense it's like if i provoke you to the point where you're going to kill me i can i can go into that knowing that there's a probability i will die here um, I'm now is okay. it right? Sorry, I just help me because maybe I'm thinking about rights wrong. 
When I think about a right, I think about an entitlement, something you're entitled to. Yeah, a claim, right? A claim, yes. But just because you have a claim on someone else for a good. Yeah. And the good is to not take away my life in this case. So, like a negative claim. Hmm. Now, I think where we get into tricky waters is uh, trying to formulate this in a way that does, that would um, remove rights to life from people we don't want to like maybe a soldier mm-hmm. let's say uh or someone who's uh doing something for the sake of justice let's say <clears throat> maybe we can use a r- real world example let's say i don't know if that's smart to do let's say a dictator is oppressing his people and doing a lot of wicked things and it's going to be really tough to like take him out of power and rescue the people without significant loss of life on your side. So you're going into a situation where you know you're likely to be killed and the person shooting at you on the enemy team uh, is acting in self-defense. Like they don't want to be killed. Mm-hmm. But there's a, at a meta level, you might say, and this maybe this is too simplistic, good guys and bad guys. So like the soldiers going to liberate the people are on the side of the good and it wouldn't be right to say like I don't I don't want the conclusion to be that soldiers are relinquishing their right to life like I you might still say like the enemy combatants violated the soldier's right to life cuz really what shalom or what the good would have us do is what what you're supposed to do is actually if you're the enemy combatant is lay down your arms and peacefully surrender and let the good come in and shalom be restored. Hmm. Like are yeah. all are all soldiers giving up their right to life? Like I, I guess I don't think that at all. Well, like when you read these stories of people killed overseas fighting Taliban and stuff, I think of them as having been wronged. Do you? Yeah, I do. Even if they volunteered to go over there. Yeah. They were murdered. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They were wrongfully killed. Yeah. They they were trying to go in to save people, and then you shot them. They'll shoot back out of self-defense. There's some issue, though, where, like, both sides can just claim that. Like, I'm sure the guys in the Taliban have... Yeah, but it's wrong. It's it's, it's just a grander version of the punching the guy at Speedway. Like, Taliban, you started it. You enslaved the women or whatever it is. Yeah. So we're going to go rescue them. And we'd prefer it if you just didn't fight at all and we rescued them and we can go on our way because that's what the good would have us do. But we know that you're probably not and I know I could die trying. But that doesn't mean I've forfeited my right to life. Why am I struggling with that so much? I know what you're saying. Cause like, obviously I, um, okay. A bunch of, let's say American soldiers go over there. P- part of me wants to say there's some sort of voluntary laying down of your life that you are doing. That's part of what makes that heroic is you are giving it up. You're, you're, you, you're sacrificing. Yeah. And, and here's where I see that I'm getting into trouble. I don't want to say they're giving up their right to life because that would mean, uh, their teammate could shoot them and kill right. them. No issues. No, that clearly violates my conscience. 
Um, yeah, so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's semantics I'm getting bogged down in. But um, just the game of finger pointing seems like one that you can't really ever solve. Because it's all frame-based, right? It's all context-based. How far back do we look to see these histories of wrongs? Yeah, 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 we enslaved the women, but guess what happened 2,000 generations ago? Like, who knows? That's a lot of generations. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So I worry that if it comes down to the finger-pointing, it's very easy to get confused about the truth of those situations, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of interesting, isn't it? That's hard to. It's not as black and white as I expected. So, yeah, I mean, so one issue is to decide: like, are are these the sorts of things that you can relinquish, and like, I no longer have the right to life, or is it just part of you? Just have it. And your attacker in the home intrusion uh, scenario has they also have a right to life, meaning. I ought not kill them. Yeah, I guess. Um, or here, here's one reason why. Uh, and here, maybe here's another layer of what makes it difficult is that it seems like proportionality matters as well. So like what's this? It's not, it's kind of funny, but in like the literature on this, they always use the case of a grenade. Yeah. Like um you could stop them with a grenade. It's always, there's no shooting. It's always grenades and flamethrowers. I think it'd be hard to stop someone with a grenade. <laughs> yeah, very, very adept at using yeah, a grenade. It's not precise. But I think they do that to avoid like, well, what if he's suffering and bleeding out? Just like, okay, get right. him in one hit with just the a, grenade. Okay, just a vaporizer. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so you have the case of, say you're sitting at coffee and your friend Sue uh, slaps you across the face. It really hurts, and she goes to do it again, and then you incinerate her with a flamethrower to prevent from being slapped. It's overkill. You should, it's not minimum necessary force. You've your and so and from a legal perspective, your yes. You um, we are going to limit your liberty to prevent harm to yourself when slapped and using a flamethrower to stop it. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's totally... For what it's worth, a flamethrower would not be instant. It would be no. a bad way to go. <laughs> but yeah. You, uh, yeah. Over, overkill. Yeah, overkill. Not proportional. So how does that play into it? So only when you think your life is in danger might you be justified in killing somebody else. But even then... To your point, if their right to life, your attacker's right to life is something they can't give up, mm -hmm. are you ever justified? What do you, what do you think? Sitting over there asking questions, putting me in the hot seat, mate. You're the one with the doctorate in thinking, not no, me. No, come on. Um, what do I think? Look, our audience. I just want you to notice how silent he is when he has to. He's very quick at firing off the questions, and he can make it appear like he's got it figured out, and he's trying to lead you to the cheese. Mm -hmm. No, he's trying to sniff out the cheese too. Maybe, um, well, yeah, I don't know for sure. And it is easier to poke holes than to build a theory. <laughs> it is. Um, I guess um, maybe maybe this is just semantics and annoying, but the language of forfeit 
maybe is like too intentional or like the I'm laying it down. Mm. Um, I do. Well, now I feel bad for poking so many holes because ah. I do want to go there. Now you know what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> well, one way you can resolve it is um, a morally justified violation of a right. And maybe that starts to break the notion of what it means to be a right. It has That upsets me to hear that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Because there's these cases... Well, that's... Um, oh, well, how about this? The, it's one reason why a lot of people are consequentialists. It's because mm. they view rights-based thinking as ultimately unhelpful yeah. in resolving moral conflict. Mm. Because um, you have these different duties and rights that seem to elicit different courses of action or even ones that violate the other. Yeah. So then what do you do? How do you resolve it if not just this master um, rubric of morality, the maximizing of the good? Mm -hmm. And so it is ultimately better. Uh, so, and then, so I think you could go there with like the utilitarian thought that Hey, there's something you'd kind of moralize the situation. Uh, it's better to preserve my life in this situation because I'm clearly, my life is of more value than that person. Just in the sheer act of what's happening now, I'm not intruding houses. That's not as good of a life. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. Make a quick moral judgment. Am I better than this person? <laughs> yes, I am. So I can kill him. <laughs> By virtue of just this alone. <laughs> That's a little troubling to me. Um, but I don't, I don't see, yeah, to your point, I don't see otherwise how you avoid a stalemate of rights. And like, listen, this attacker doesn't care about my right to life. He really is trying to kill me. Mm -hmm. So. No, or, and again, like, the only, I think the reason you abandon the, there's a way to frame it. Like, maybe you can forfeit these things. Like certain certain actions, uh, well, okay, wait, hold on, I'm holding. Let's take a step back. Mm -hmm. There are rights that you have innately, let's say, and yeah. there are conferred rights. So there are rights that are given to me by a state or a government to do things that I might not have innately. It's just mm -hmm. something I have over on top of it, or maybe are in some way derivative of the baseline ones. Yep. And maybe there are certain actions that um, are such a way that, uh, like, um, <clears throat> or maybe inalienable about rights or innate means that no one else can take them away from you, but, but you, you can give them up. But you, by your misdeeds, mm. can lose them. Okay. Conditional rights in that way. Because I agree that, that resolving the problem by saying you forfeit rights by certain actions, that that's kind of a clean and easy fix. Yeah. Just well, at the and, top and level. And that is, I'm just thinking that that is how it kind of plays out in society. That's how we treat each other. Like even just going back to kids and parents, that, that, that privilege and responsibility always went hand in hand. And if you aren't keeping up on your responsibilities, if you're not acting right, you forfeit privileges as a result. And maybe... Maybe the right to life is a privilege or maybe life itself is a privilege. And 
you give up your right to enjoy that privilege when you engage in certain behaviors or something. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe I wasn't clear. I just want to revisit, like, not that you should just discard rights altogether, but these are the kind, like, the worry we're feeling about how to articulate this is an impetus for why people just, there are no rights. Yeah. At all. Like, whatever. I mean, I guess the Declaration of Independence says it, but it, that's just some guy who wrote that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's not given down from above Cosmic. in some way. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, all there is is ma you're called to maximize the good the as best you see fit. And you know how much good is going on in your world. And um, obviously this person is dangerous right now. And who knows who else will be harmed if I don't stop. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stop. Yeah. And, and so it's as simple as that. I mean, consequentialism has, has its, its own, own complexities. It's yeah. not simple. Right. But yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see the attraction at least. Mm -hmm. Um Hmm. Or like the right to, let's look at another one, the right to liberty. Clearly we operate on this kind of notion of forfeiture as well, that upon yeah. certain misdeeds, uh, we then kind of all agree that you ought to gonna, have your liberty taken away by being limit your liberty. imprisoned. Yeah. 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 No one can take away the internal liberty, right? That you can think about what you want to think, yeah. you know, at least as of now. That's not totally <laughs> um, you know, accessible to the outside world, but... Yeah. But we can limit your body. Or, and, or is it a problem of um, fr the framing problem? Like, actually, you don't have a right to life. What you have is the right to a life without harming, threatening other lives. Like mm. when you just call it something different, does that solve the problem? <laughs> it seems weird yeah. that I just said different things and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, no issue. Do we really carry these more qualified rights? What do you mean more qualified? Um, like, like so long <clears throat> as you behave, then you have this right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, like it's, a, it's an inalienable... It's not conditional upon good behavior. Okay. It's more like from the outset, by virtue of the thing that you are, you're a human being and you have the right to life um, when acting appropriately, let's say. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I don't know. No, but, I see what you're saying. Well, yeah. What I wanted to do with this episode is just broach the from the philosophical level that self-defense is not as clear-cut and easy as it might seem we all kind of agree that you're allowed to yeah but it's not super obvious like the moral grounding why uh, uh are there forfeiture of rights is it just maximizing good and you're trying your best to calculate it in the moment of an intrusion or someone doing something wrong to you how do you know wh what the proportionality should be or what What's it appropriate is appropriate force yeah i mean because there's uh, maybe the there's a lot that goes on in the world that's not just the clean 
easy case. Yeah. Like if it's a guy that came in to your house, busts down the door with a shotgun. And tries uh, to kill your baby. Get ready to die, mother effers. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, ah! And now, <laughs> okay. now you do whatever you need to do to protect your family. Yeah. But let's say, like you brought up the case of a... 18-year-old kid who comes in with a baseball bat. Yeah. And he's like scared or yeah. you can just tell. Um, it's trickier, man. Yeah. Like, do you shoot the kid? Like maybe, and this is where like the morality and legality sometimes conflict because mm-hmm. maybe you're well within your right to do so legally Yeah, by castle doctrine or something else. But it wouldn't be good or it wouldn't be best. Right. Yeah. Um, but hard to know in these situations and they're all so different and the details make so much of a difference in the assessment. I also wonder how much grace, you know, when this these kinds of situations do end up in court, how much do they factor in the ability to make split-second decisions under pressure and with adrenaline pumping and, and how that affects your rationality. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's interesting that you would be held, and I understand why you would be held accountable for what you do, but I know like, in emergency situations, sometimes you act before you even realize how you've acted. And then you come to terms with what you just had to do there or what you did just do. And so I can imagine from the point of view of someone who's being attacked, who maybe responds with force that ends up being excessive. It's like, man, at the time I just acted on instinct. You think about like bar fights or something that get out of hand and everyone's drunk. Yeah. And some guy just swings at you and wants, wants to just do a good old fashioned pub brawl. Yeah. But then you grab a beer bottle and slam it on the counter and slice his throat with the broken bottle. It's like, whoa, man! But Jeez. but I, you don't know. Yeah, you're from you're just you just got slugged in the face by some big dude at the bar. Yeah, and maybe you get knocked out and he just hood stomps you until you're dead. Yeah, maybe you just don't like. I'm, you don't know. Just to point out that you don't know. You don't know. Um, that's what makes the, these so difficult. The hindsight is always much clearer than. It's easier to say like you acted disproportionately once all the facts are in. You have to take it from yeah. the time that it's happening. And so that's what like a lot of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial was about is assessing who knew what, when. Mm-hmm. Um, is it reasonable for Kyle to think of a skateboard as a serious a enough dangerous threat? Weapon, yeah. And so like the defense is trotting out this case of a I think it's a police officer who got half his skull caved in by a skateboard attack and has brain damage. Jeez. It's like, man, these, what seem like... I mean, they, it, it's wood and metal. Yeah, it would hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. So more thinking to be done there. Like, yeah. For, I mean, all I'm as you kind of witnessed there, we're kind of thinking through it on the spot. What do we think about rights? Um, are they something that you just have totally innately that can never go away by someone else or by or by yourself by giving them like up, can yeah. you forfeit them by what you do and if so when does that happen um, mm-hmm. because you might say like even an, what about an unarmed intruder a, a burglar that just comes in uh, and, and they trespass you yeah and they want to steal your stuff did he violate his right to life <laughs> or uh, uh not violate did he forfeit, forfeit it by by once he touched the, the doorknob or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what's when does that happen? Uh, and I hope you can appreciate how you can have... One thing I wanted to come out of this, you can have a moral discussion about self-defense. What What is the right thing or wrong thing to do? And that's a whole other discussion of what we want the laws to be. Yeah, Because maybe you make the laws more strict for other moral reasons. Yeah, Like you want to... I mean, I mean we could do a whole podcast on... Uh, 
the relationship between law and morality, but just suffice it to say here, you might, you might design a law. Let's say this, the morale, ultimate morality maybe is like, or, or maybe you're tempted to think of the morality of self-defense in a more rights-based mm-hmm. term, but the legality of it is less rights-based and more consequentialist in deterring. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't want more burglaries to happen. And so, so we're not going to make the law map on exactly to figuring out these different rights. And when did he, when he stepped over the threshold of your house, the that's when the right and, little way, how about just the law is if you trespass, you get fined $20,000. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. That's disproportional. Well, yeah. Cause we don't want anyone to do it, it ever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what's right and wrong. Just don't do that because yeah. it's bad and harmful. So we're going to up the ante on the punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, Disproportionate, but it serves as a deterrent. That's right. Yeah, interesting. Singapore. Yeah. I think there's still the death penalty for certain drugs. Yeah, I think so. Drug possession even. Pretty serious. And lo and behold, yeah. they don't, do not People have many don't drugs. traffic drugs to <laughs> Singapore. There's other places they can go. <clears throat> so just appreciating that in this, uh, if you happen to have followed that trial, mm. um, these are the sorts of things that you're never going to hear news pundits talk about. Right. But it's just the from the philosopher's lens, just recognizing there are these different levels to sussing this stuff out. And yeah, it's complex. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, as always, you can join the conversation. If you've got thoughts, if we've missed something or you've got questions, you just want to add your two cents, you can do that. Leave a comment on YouTube or you can write to us mailbag at opentotruth.com. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, stay curious. Thanks.